0: Hello, today's episode is going to be about trailer chassis maintenance. There's a travel trailer, fifth wheel trailer, horse trailer, utility trailer, cargo trailer. All the principles will apply. Obviously, each application be just a little bit different. But we're going to be talking about maintenance for travel trailers and fifth wheels. And you can take the principles and apply them to any other trailer you like. I want to welcome everybody to the show today. This is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV, your best RV podcast. Now, this is the podcast for the RVer who likes to do the work himself. And in this case, if you're going to be working on your chassis, you're probably going to get a little dirtier than normal. Working on your RV, you're going to be on the ground, dealing with the tires, wheels. So hopefully you like that. If not, wear some gloves, put on some coveralls or those work pants, work shirts, whatever get some rags, and go to town. It's also for the guy who maybe doesn't work on his RV, but he likes to know how things work. Maybe he can't do everything, doesn't have all those special skills that some of us have and some don't. Oh, did that sound kind of bad? No, I don't think so. because Some have skills and some don't. But hey, if you're willing to learn how to work on your RV or at least know what's happening, that's awesome because it saves a lot of time and headache as well. Because if you have to take to the dealership for something you could have maybe done yourself, Or maybe you could have asked someone to help you with. You can save a lot of money and a lot of time. Today's episode is number 71, and it is about trailer chassis maintenance. So we're talking about the chassis here, the frame, the wheels, the leaf springs, everything that holds the house. It's very similar to a car, it just doesn't have as many things on it that you have to deal with. So as a reminder, I want to ask you to share this episode with your friends and family If you ever have any questions, you can contact me using the contact us page on Radio Arizona RV. And I have no problem getting emails. In fact, I get emails and phone calls, and I love helping everybody who wants my help. Because, you know, when you can get help from someone who's an expert, it certainly can make your life easier. And when you call our store, you know, we have a brick and mortar business, you get the help you need. And no runaround. And as I said, I have a store. I have a brick-and-mortar retail store and several websites that I sell products on. And you can find links to all of our websites at RadioArizonaRV.com. And just so you know, I don't sell everything on the websites that I talk about. And Arizona RV Parts Center is mainly were parts and accessories, but I don't sell everything on there that I talk about. There's reasons why, and I'm not going to get into all that. And we are gradually working on that website, trying to get all the parts up to date closer in line with what we you know i do talk about it's just time you know i don't have enough people i don't have enough time so it's hard to manage all this but you know i'm not complaining it's just reality so be patient with me well i think you are if you're listening to the show you're you're patient with me anyways so now thank you for listening and let's get into episode number 70 and talk about that trailer chassis Okay, so chassis maintenance. Now, this is going to apply to travel trailers and fifth wheels. And you can apply it to utility trailers, horse trailers, cargo trailers. You know, it's the same principles. And now, basically, you know, this is a standalone maintenance item. This isn't something you want to incorporate with washing your RV. Or probably not. You know, this is something you're just going to do. It's probably going to take you a while to do it. You know, it could be two hours. It could be four hours. I mean, if, how, how many parts you need. How readily available they are. This should be a schedule maintenance program, though. This shouldn't be just something you haphazardly do. You can base it on miles or you can base it on time. Hopefully, you can base it on both. Keep track of your miles and you can see within, let's say, maybe 12 months how many miles you put on it. And you might say, wow, I've already put any miles on it. I really don't need to do a lot of maintenance here. Or, wow, I've put a lot of miles on it in this 12 months. I need to do a lot of maintenance. But remember, one thing to always check are tires. Do not let tires go unchecked. You know, they're they're trailer tires. They have a lifespan. They go bad just from sitting, okay? Leaf springs don't go bad from sitting. Wheel bearings don't go bad from sitting, but trailer tires do. Those you're going to want to check every time you use your trailer and hopefully in advance. If your trailer sat for a long time, maybe, you know, six months, a year, Definitely check those tires out weeks in advance or months in advance, depending on what your budget is, because you might have to buy new tires. You know, you might have to save up for them if you can't just afford to go buy them. Keep that in mind and keep records. You know, I was talking to a customer the other day who happens to listen to the show and he's buying some knobs for an and e awning. And somehow we got on maintenance and he's telling me that he, you know, keeps, tra- keeps mileage or mileage records of every time he uses his trailer. And he says it's a little more of a hassle to do, but he says it's worth it because he knows how many miles he puts on it and how often he's repacking his wheel bearings. And he does them about every 10,000 miles, whether they need it or not. You know, and that's probably a good number. And he does that about once a year. So he's keeping records and he stays on top of it because he understands the importance of it. Keep records, you know, whether you use it on a, keep records on a computer, a little notebook that you keep in the, the trailer you know, keep it all together, but keep records. And sometimes you, you start keeping records. It gets kind of sloppy. You might have to go back and rewrite them, you know, make it a little more clear, legible, and understandable. If there's unique things that happened, you know, maybe your wheel bearings went bad. And also you had to replace a spindle. Include that. The date, the time, and if you can, you know, start keeping track of miles. Because all that ties into it. It gives you a better clue, a little more data. You know, I'm a data guy. I love data. For me, the more there is, the merrier. And I keep maintenance records of all my vehicles. I use Microsoft Outlook for an email, and it has some tasks or a task function. That's all I use it for is maintenance. That's it. Nothing else. Well, I use it for email, but, I mean, as far as the task function goes, that's it. But, you know, there's programs for, you know, your iPhones, your tablets, your your Android phones, Evernote's a good one, and you can get free versions of those, and they sync with your computers. So you can actually type it in on your computer, sync it to your phone or your tablet, and that way you have records. You can take pictures and have all that, you know, synced with it, tracked with it, if you will. So anyways, keeping records, very important, makes life easier. Now, when you're working on a chassis, you know, there's just certain things you have to do. You know, you just, you're going to have to get dirty. You're going to have to get your hands dirty. You know, wearing latex gloves or light work gloves is always kind of nice because, you know, you can get things stuck in your hands, especially when you're dealing with tires. You know, it could have a piece of glass in it, a broken nail, something you just run your hand across, or next thing you got to cut. And then it just keeps your hands cleaner. You know, it's just easier to wash up at the end of the day. All your tools aren't as filthy. It just makes life easier. And I used to be a mechanic. I know about it. You know, keeping hands clean. This is before they had latex glove for mechanics, you know. So you had to use a... A lot of soap and water and solvent and whatever else. Gasoline to keep your hands clean. Now, we're going to assume that this is the first time you've done maintenance on this trailer. Maybe you just bought it. You know, it's a used trailer. It's a few years old, and you're just going to start from scratch. That's kind of where where I'm starting at right now. This isn't buying a new trailer. This isn't, you know, doing repetitive maintenance on your trailer. This is the first time that you've done maintenance on a used trailer. Okay, or maybe you've had your trailer a real long time and you just have been avoiding this. So this would be the starting point too, because it's basically from scratch. You're going to check everything out, and the most important things all revolve around the suspension, the leaf springs, the tires, wheel bearings, brakes. You know, the frame generally you don't have problems with, but we'll get into that. The coupler, you know, up at the 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 tongue jack that that is part of the chassis because it is on the frame. But those things, you know, you're working with them all the time. So you should be aware if those are going bad or need lubrication or have problems. You know, that's kind of their own little thing. And sometimes those things, things like that, they might be part of a component or a system, but you're constantly touching them, using them much more than other things. They're more visible. So we're not going to get into the tongue jack or the coupler. Keep an eye on those, you know, make sure they're working properly. Now, let's get back into the chassis, and really, we're going to start with the tires. Because, you know, we actually on my list, I have tires, tire tread, checking the brakes, wheel bearings, leaf springs, leaf spring bushings, the hangers, the shackle straps. You know, if the trailer's been lifted, there's some things you might want to check there as well. Now, first, let's just start with the tires, because to do everything else, if you're starting from scratch, you're going to have to take the tires and wheels off. Check the tire tread. Make sure that the tire tread is not cracking, splitting, starting to separate, that you have a nice, decent amount of tread. You know, tires have wear bars on them that they go crossways on the tire tread. And if you're down to those wear bars are getting close, then the tires need to be replaced or keep a very close eye on them. Generally, tires on trailers do not wear out because they have other problems, like the tread separating before you ever really wear out trailer tires. Now, some guys do who really use their trailers a lot. They're just constantly using the trailer and they actually wear the tires out. And that's great because that's about the only way you get your money's worth out of a trailer tire. And I know from experience, I've spent a lot of money on trailer tires that, you know, are five years old, great tread. And they start to separate because they're just the age. Three to five years is generally the life. If you're in a colder climate, you know, you might get a little bit longer out of it. And also with tires, you know, you want to keep them moving. If you, if your trailer is stored and you can take it out once a month, take it for a spin around the neighborhood, you know, put five miles on it, 10 miles, keep those tires lubricated. They, they lubricate when they spin. I'm getting a little off track here, as I usually do. Check the tires and also rotate the tires. You know, it's, you got all four of them off, you know, front to rear, rear to front. You don't have to go right to left. Just. Basically, take the left front tire, put it on the left rear, the left rear, put it on the left front. Pretty simple. But just do that. It keeps things where uh, the tire's wearing, you know, normal. Then check your brakes. So after you take your tires off, you're going to actually take your uh, the drums off. If it's a trailer without brakes and you won't have a drum, you'll just have a hub. But the same principle. You're going to want to take the drum off and you have to, you know, take the wheel bearings out. So you're going to have the spindle nut. You're going to have a cotter pin that's going to be holding it in place. You're going to take the cotter pin out and take the spindle nut off. And, you know, that wheel bearings are kind of an episode in themselves on how to tighten them. So if you're not familiar with that, check with a mechanic. You could probably find it online. I don't promote looking for things online too often because there's just so much bad information out there. Or call me, or maybe I'll just have to do another episode on that or a video. A video would be ideal. That's what I need to do. I need to do more videos. Somebody remind me of that. <laughs> just kidding. So I do need to do more videos, and maybe that's what I'll do is a video on that. I've got a checklist here of things I need to do. You're going to take the wheel bearing out. You're going to have the outer wheel bearing. Then the drum will slide off, and then you can, um, if um you know, if you're going to replace everything, you know, depending on where you're at, um, what you're going to do, you can just put that nut back on the spindle after you pull the bearing off and just pull the drum right off over the nut, and it'll pull the inside bearing out along with the grease seal. Now, the grease seal will have to be replaced no matter what, and a lot of people might say to replace that bearing, and I probably would. In fact, if this is the first time I've done maintenance on it, I'd probably put new bearings in it just to be done with it. Start out with new races on the hubs, or the drum, I mean. And a new uh, grease seal. Always replace the grease seal whenever you take that rear bearing out. The inside bearing, whenever it comes out, replace the grease seal. More than likely, the grease seal will be damaged trying to get it out. So always replace that. You're going to check the bearings for wear. They might be turning blue. They might actually be discoloring, starting to come apart a little bit. Little chips in them. You'll see lines on them, and you know they they'll lose their their shine. They won't have that kind of chrome finish. And if you're not sure about your bearings, if you get them out and you don't want to just replace them, you could always go to an auto parts store. You're going to have to weigh that one in yourself. You know, if there's a, if there's an auto parts store that you can truly trust where they're going to really help you with that, some guys might just say, yeah, they're bad. Or some guys might say they're good and they're, and they're going bad. And a bad bearing will not slow down. Once it starts going bad, it just goes bad. You know, you'll be driving down the road and, You know, it could be 50 miles, could be 100 miles, that bearing will just, next thing you know, the wheels are smoking and it'll weld itself to the spindle so it can cause serious damage. And that's the most important thing you have to remember about bearings is it's not just a cheap little part. When they go bad, they can wipe out other things. They can ruin the drum, they can ruin the spindle, and I've seen it. And you know when it happens? Not when you're parked. It happens when you're out on the highway, going down the road 65 miles an hour out in the middle of nowhere. And next thing you know, you're on the side of the road. You're trying to get all this apart. You're trying to get in town. You can disconnect your trailer. You got to go into town to find parts. Can you get the parts? It becomes a real ordeal. Avoid that headache. In fact, I recommend carrying extra bearings, grease seals, leaf spring, shackle straps. Heck, even a drum would be nice because when a drum goes bad out on the road, you know, you could possibly find a hub to replace a drum. You wouldn't have a break, but, you know, that's better than nothing. So you might have to, you know, improvise. But having some pair of spare parts is definitely worth it, man. And if you don't have the spare parts, at least have part numbers. So when you go to the store, you, you know, you can narrow down the search pretty quick. So anyway, the bearings are very important. You're going to take the bearings out of the drum. Inner and outer bearing. And now they do make tools for removing the grease seal, but it still ruins the grease seal. You know, you can do it like I said: just put the nut back on the spindle and pull that drum right off, and it'll take the bearing and the grease seal out. But either way, you're gonna have to replace the grease seal. And you know, the grease seal remover is better. It's gonna be less stress on the bearing pulling it off the way I say. You know, that could damage the bearing, so you do have to be careful there. But for just a quick way of getting it off, if you're gonna replace it, why not? So you got the bearings out, you're going to inspect them. And let's just say that the bearings are bad and you're going to replace them. So you want to make sure they get packed properly. Now, there's different ways of doing this. You know, you could go to an automotive shop and they they have pneumatic uh, wheel bearing packers, or at least most of them do. They just put it in there, put some pressure on, hook some air up to it. and It'll pump grease into the bearing. That's one way of doing it. You can get little hand packing bearing packers. It's a little... Oh, plastic tub basically and you fill it full of grease and it has an upper section that you push down into the grease then there's a little knob that comes off and you put the bearing on there then you put the knob back on and push that bearing down And as you push the grease gets pushed up through the bearing and you literally just see the grease starting to come out now those things work pretty good in fact that's what i use and i've been using the same one for years never had a problem So you just do that with each bearing. And then, you know, I always go a little overboard on grease. You know, after I pack it, I put grease on the race when I put it back in. I put more grease on the bearing. I figure a little extra grease isn't going to hurt anything. And then a a brake drum or a hub, it has a big cavity in the center of it that can just fill up with any excess grease anyway. So it's not like the grease is going to cause any damage, you know, when you do it this way. More grease is fine. And remember, grease doesn't go bad. So if you buy grease and it sits in your garage for a year or two, you can use that same grease. Unless you're like in Arizona, it melts and turns into water. Then obviously you want to get rid of that stuff. So the leaf springs, you know, easy to do. And having spares is the best thing to do. It's like if you have to replace them, use your spares and then go buy new ones. Or, you know, make sure you have new ones. Use your spares, but you buy the new ones. Always keep the newer ones as your spares. Just kind of rotate them, rotate stock, if you will. And then you're going to put it all back together. And like I said, I am going to do a video on this, but, you know, if you can't wait on me, just go ahead and, you know, talk to a mechanic, talk to someone you know that knows how to do this type of stuff because it's not hard putting it back together. It's really simple. In fact, it's so simple it amazes people. It's so simple that it seems like it's wrong, but it's really simple. You basically just put the bearings back in, put that grease seal on and make sure it goes on nice and straight. And you can tap that in with a hammer. You know, you maybe use a two by four to, four and get it started and just tap it in with a hammer. Don't bend the edges or beat it in. Put the hub or the drum back on and put in the outer bearing and the, the washer and then tighten up the spindle nut. And basically you tighten that up, turn the drum, tighten the nut up, then back it off until the cotter pin goes into place. It's real simple. And generally it's not off by much that, that nut and the cotter pin. So anyway. You had to be careful there. You know, you don't want to get them too tight. You don't want them too loose, but too loose is probably better than too tight, but you don't want them very loose. So it's got to be adjusted just so. Now the brakes, the brakes are, you know, they're, they're uh brake shoes. And this day and age, you don't replace shoes. You just replace the whole backing plate. It has new brakes, new backing plate. Everything's on there. You know, it's four bolts that holds it to the axle. Real simple. Brake shoes used to be so expensive, it was just ridiculous. You know, you'd spend $60 on a set of brake shoes for one wheel. And nowadays, you can get a backing plate for a little more than that. And all the parts are new. The springs, everything's new. And you don't have to monkey with it. You just throw it on there. Real sweet. So if the brakes are getting old, and maybe you're not sure, you might have to go look at a set of new brake shoes to compare them to the old brake shoes. I know there's tolerances but there's rivets on each brake shoe, you know, and so the thickness of the, the shoe, the closer it gets to the rivet, is going to become the problem. You don't want the rivet, you know, the rivet ever coming through because that now will drive into the brake drum and then ruin the brake drum or possibly ruin it. You can always get it turned at a machine shop, someone that does that, which, you know, most automotive shops, tire shops do that type of stuff. But you want to avoid that. You have to look at the brake shoes, and they're going to be different by brand. You know, you have to kind of eyeball it. If there's 50% less, 25%. The age of the trailer, the trailer could be 10 years old with 2,000 miles on it. Those brake shoes are going to be fine. You know, it could be 20 years old with 10,000 miles on it. Those brake shoes are probably going to be fine. If you're in doubt, just replace them. You know, it's it's a little more money but you know sometimes starting fresh with everything is just easier you know what the brake shoes look like when they're new take a picture of them save that picture you know it becomes part of your record and the next time you're checking you can compare that picture to the new picture and really it's the thickness of the brake shoe how close is it getting to the rivets and now there are some that aren't riveted they're bonded and so it's how close is it getting to the metal part that the shoe is bonded to is it going to Wear through and cause the same effect. Wear into the brake drum. You know, metal to metal, as they say. But brakes, generally, you know, they they when you take the drum off, sometimes they'll have cracks. And if there's cracks, you got to replace them. They're done. You know, if there're grooves in them, and there's grooves in the drum, you're going to have to replace the shoes and get the drums turned if they're turnable. If you can't, then you have to replace the drums. When I say turned, I mean you know, put on the lathe and machined. And, you know, automotive shops do that all the time, or they should be. Well, depends on the situation, but it should be something they can do. We've covered the brakes, the wheel bearings, and I know there's probably something I'm missing. You know, it's so familiar to me. Sometimes the things that don't stand out to me should stand out because someone else might not know. So I apologize if I'm leaving something out here. But really it's about getting it done, you know. And then you get the brakes all put back together. Let's say you've, you know, replaced the wheel bearings and just for the heck of it, you threw on new backing plates with brakes. You put all that back together. You got the drums on. Well, before you put the tires and wheels back on, check out the leaf springs. Check out the bushings on the leaf springs. You know, you can't take it all apart. Well, you could, but that'd be crazy. But the bushings are in each end of the leaf spring in most cases, and... If it's a plastic bushing, sometimes you can tell if it's gone or it'll be starting to come out. You'll have the shackle straps on there and the, and the, the bracket anyways holding the leaf spring to the frame. So sometimes it's really hard to tell. And then, you know, you without the tires on there, you know, there's kind of a load on there. So it's really, you can't just like shake it and see, but you know, you could put a jack underneath there. If you have a, uh, you know, a jack that you can use, you might be holding up your trailer. And by the way, if you jack up your trailer, use jack stands, you know, make sure they're locked into place. Safety is a concern here. You don't want to use a a floor jack and, you know, it leaks down while you're working on this or it just collapses. So always make sure you use jack stands. And if you don't have jack stands, you know, do what you do. (laughs) But jack stands are the best way to go. I say that because some people use blocks of wood. They use cinder blocks. Just whatever you use, make sure that it's going to be able to support the trailer and yeah safety first here so anyways you could take some of the load off the the leaf springs but it's probably not going to help much where you can actually tell anything but just look in there and make sure the ends of the leaf springs aren't getting real thin you know sometimes you actually see it they're starting to literally come apart and the shackle straps you know they hold the leaf spring to the uh oh it's the rocker it goes where the two leaf springs come together i'm sorry losing my mind here can't think of everything so much stuff in my head you have the rocker generally it's kind of triangular shaped and it'll go to a center hanger then the rocker comes down and then it has a hole on each end with a a plastic fitting it usually a plastic bushing it usually that each leaf spring you know we're talking about a tandem axle trailer here would connect to and make sure the leaf springs have there's no signs of cracks you know you have to look at them very carefully sometimes you might need a flashlight And, you know, quite often leaf springs just always look good. It's just when you're going down the road, they have a habit of breaking. Again, leaf springs don't break while you're parked. They break while you're traveling. And that's why earlier I said, you know, having a spare leaf spring is a good thing. In fact, I would carry two. In fact, I would carry everything to do one side of the trailer. Because usually if one thing breaks, the other thing's going to break right behind it. So I'd have shackle straps. I'd have the center rocker. I'd have two leaf springs. I'd make sure I had it all and that way you're covered because I've seen it. People come into my store, especially when I was in Arizona, we were right off the highway and come in looking for these parts and their trailer stuck on the highway. They barely got it off. You know, it's on the side of the road. It's dangerous. And then they're trying to find a leaf spring that maybe is not a normal leaf spring. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of different leaf springs. I mean, over the years, we've stocked every single leaf spring, get our hands on a guy will come in and won't be any one of them. We'll have 10, 15 different ones. So it's always good to have those. And that's why, because you might not just be able to go buy it. You know, the shackle straps, they're a simple little piece of metal. You know, it's just a piece of metal with two holes, a hole in each end. But are you going to be able to get it when you need it? That's the point. So being prepared. So the maintenance comes in here and It's helping you to prevent problems and also seeing what you have. You know, some people don't even know what the leaf springs really do or look like on their trailer and how they're connected. But when you have all those pieces in front of you, you're looking at it, you're touching it, inspecting things, looking for cracks, unusual wear, even the bolt or the U-bolts that hold the, the axle to the leaf springs, you know, those could be loosened up, you know, starting to come undone. You know, that's something to check. If your trailer has been lifted, that would be another reason to check those. Make sure they're tight. But get familiar with it. Then you know what you're doing. You get those spare parts. And you don't have to take all apart to get spare parts. You know, some pictures and measurements of the leaf springs, how many leafs there are, the eye-to-eye measurement. That generally will be enough. You get the new leaf springs, take them home, and compare them to your trailer, and you'll probably be good. So the spare parts are important. I carry all that in my trailer. Even my utility trailer, I have spare parts. Everything. I have spare spares for my spare tires. You know, you got to have two spares if you ask me. So then you are basically got this covered. Now you can put your wheels back on, torque them to specs, lower the trailer down, and it should be good to go. But before you lower it down, even before you put the tires on there, I would also suggest just getting underneath the trailer. If you have a creeper, you can roll around. And look at everything else. Check out the propane line. You know, generally it's going to be black pipe going from the front of the trailer to the rear, to near the stove and the refrigerator. Then it'll tee off with probably copper, sometimes rubber, sometimes more black pipe. Make sure that there's nothing odd going on there, that, you know, there's nothing wearing through the pipe. If it happens to be copper, check that out. You know, if you have any water lines underneath there that are visible, a valve for the, Freshwater tank, make sure that it's intact. The holding tanks, make sure they look good. And there's some of this stuff is just visual. There's not that much you can do, but it's trying to just make sure you head off any problem at the pass. Like maybe you look at the black water tank and you see a little tiny drop and you wipe the drop off and you see a little hairline crack. Well, that hairline crack is going to get bigger and bigger as time goes on and probably at the most inconvenient time. So it's worthwhile to look at that. Can you repair it? Can you fix it? Can you replace the tank? Or will you have to replace the tank? And sometimes just knowing there's a problem, maybe you're not going to be able to fix it at that moment. But you know it's there. So you know it's something you need to keep an eye on. And if something goes crazy, you know what happened. Oh, boy, that's that crack. It finally let go. Check your valves while you're underneath there. You know, the wiring going to the taillights. It only takes a minute. It sounds like a lot, but it's, it's really not. And just make a list, create a list of all the things you need to do. Like when you get underneath your trailer, okay, okay, I got a propane line. I got the tanks, got some wiring and make that part of this maintenance because it shouldn't add that much more time to it. And if you find something, don't sweat it. You know, if you got to replace a three inch dump valve, then at least you found it before you're out on the road or you go to dump and the whole valve just breaks off. You know, look at the positive when you're doing this kind of stuff. You know, you found a problem that maybe saved a trip, maybe saved your, you know, from a breakdown, being stuck on the side of the road. It might seem overwhelming looking at the chassis, but on a trailer, believe me, this is nothing compared to a motorhome chassis. You know, motorhome chassis is a whole different ballgame, and that's what I'm going to be talking about in episode number 72, which is after this episode, but Don't sweat it. These are small things really on the grand scheme of things. You own an RV, you're out, you're able to get out, enjoy yourselves. And that's what matters. I mean, this is a great time of year to be traveling and don't get caught up in the old, I'll put it off till, um, fall or, you know, I'll just wait until I park my RV for the storage or for the summer. You know, sometimes you can do that, but depending on the miles and the kind of roads you go on, you might want to check your, your chassis out more often. And, you know, once you get the maintenance done, if you if you do the wheel bearings, you replace them, replace the grease seal, even if you put on new brakes as well, now you're just kind of doing follow-up maintenance later on. Because, you know, depending on the miles, if you only put 5,000 miles on it a year, you don't have to do the, the wheel bearings. You don't have to take them apart. And a lot of trailers today have Zerk fittings in the end of the axle, which you can just pump grease into it, and that just packs it. So that saves a lot of time, too. And so if you know where you started from, that makes it sweet. Like my trailer, actually all my trailers have the Zerk fittings in the axles, and it's nice. I replaced the wheel bearings at one point in time, even though the trailer was only a couple years old. I just did it. And then from then on out, I just have been pumping grease in there, and I know the mileage, how many miles are on it, and that's all I've had to do because I don't put a lot of miles on it. For some guys, you might have to repack those wheel bearings physically once a year. So you have that inspection or every 10,000 miles, you know, pick a number, but 10,000 is probably a good number, safe, peace of mind. You know, you don't have to worry about it. And if you learn to do this yourself, it makes it a lot cheaper, a lot easier. Then you don't have to sweat it. You don't have to worry about it. And if you did have a problem out on the road, you know what to do. You've already had it all apart. Even if you think you caused the problem, you're still ahead of the curve because you know what it's all about. You know what a wheel bearing is, you know what a spindle is. Oh, and I didn't mention that. Check the spindle. That's what the bearing rides on. Check the spindle too to make sure it doesn't have any unusual wear marks. And generally they don't. You got good grease in there. Everything's generally fine. So I need to wrap this up. I want to thank everybody for listening. And this is episode number 71 at Radio Arizona RV. I want to ask you to check out the website, RadioArizonaRV.com, share it with others. And as I said, we have links to all of our other websites at the bottom of the homepage at Radio Arizona RV. So thanks again. Have a good day.